0: GAME LEAGUE! G'day guys, welcome to Around Round of Traps, your weekly dose of all things relevant NRL news. TK, Jason and Brenton in the house. We are recording on Sunday, January 14th. Let's bring the boys in. Jace, good to see you there. I know you're not too happy your Dolphins lost, man, but good to be back for the first potty of the year, man.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, TK. Good to be back. Unfortunately, the Dolphins weren't good enough, but Pat Mahomes, he was on absolute another cloud, so... Yeah, maybe next year for the Dolphins, we just need to actually make ourselves a, a bit of a threat in the regular season. And
0: we've got B in the house. He's wearing a Patriots hat. He's a pretend Eagles fan, mate. What do you got?
2: So yeah, not much, mate. I was enjoying the um, the NFL this morning. I was liking the um, the Browns game and the Texans, um, but obviously youth trumped experience on that one after the second quarter. Joe Flacco ran out of gas and. Um, yeah, CJ Stroud went on a tear. Yeah,
0: I was about to bring him up. He's so good that I think I might jump on their wagon, man. <laughs> He's a stud. Absolutely. Now, boys and girls, get following Talking League across all the social medias for more information and banter. We're at Talking League Pod on TikTok. Facebook and Instagram, Talking League One on Twitter. You can find all the info at talkingleaguepod.com. Now, last week on the podcast, we had previews for Sydney Roosters and the Cronulla Sharks. Ahead, we've got this week previewing Canterbury Bulldogs, me and Brenton on Wednesday. And then myself and Patty, we do Newcastle Knights on Friday. But let's kick things off because we've got a bumper one to start here, boys, for the middle of January. And Jace, a lot of injuries to report. What's on the injury report for this week, my man?
1: Well, I better take a deep breath because I might be a while here. So we'll start with the Broncos in our area, the southeast Queensland. Broncos winger Jesse Arthurs, he's racing the clock to be part of the pre-season challenge. He sprained his ankle on Wednesday. MRI on the left ankle confirmed that injury. So he'll be aiming to be back for the trials. But I think for our narrative, we can probably chuck him uh, in the no thanks category. Speaking of the Broncos, their new recruit from the Roosters, Fletcher Baker, he he had groin surgery in the off-season, so he will probably be slightly a little bit underdone, so we'll just need to monitor him over trials, but he'll be back to 100% training very shortly, but he has previously been on restricted duties, Staying in southeast Queensland for the Dolphins, Connolly Lemuelu, he's returned to the training field for the first time since suffering a knee injury playing for Samoa in October, where he injured both his MCL and PCL in rehabbing, so... He should be good to go for the trials, but just someone to monitor, particularly if you like the look of a Ewan Aitken Mm. uh, or a Tommy Gilbert. Heading to the Eels, it's been pretty rough there. So Ryan Madison, uh, he's back in full training after a quad injury that he had during Christmas. Also got the likes of Wiramu Greg, Clint Gutherson, Junior Bolo, Makahisi Makotoa and Dejan Arce. They're all progressing over the rehab and should be 100% come first trial. But unfortunately, the younger brother of Will Penicini, Richard Penicini, he's done his ACL, so he missed the entire 2024 season. He was looking quite uh, promising, you know, in terms of a wing play. He's played a bit of SG ball, jersey for league, and he also played in New South Wales junior reps last year. Speaking of wingers with promise, South Tyron Munro, he's been spotted in a moon boot uh, during boot camp. So, I mean, a uh, moon boot can mean anything. I know when I uh, fractured a bone last year, they were nearly to put me in a moon boot for that. Uh, So it could be something as insignificant as uh, a bit of a sore foot or it could be something a bit more severe, so more to come on that. And speaking of the bunnies, former bunny Corey Allen, he's been dealt a cruel blow, just signed for the Dragons and then he's ruptured his ACL. So uh, all the best on the men there, Corey. And then lastly, probably the most controversial topic this week was Ron Volkman. So he had provisionally agreed a deal to go to the Dolphins, having been released by the Warriors, but his contract is set to be terminated as scans revealed that he's shoulder injury is more serious than expected so with that TK where do you think it stands for Volkman is he just going to be unsigned this year or what
0: yeah a little bit of talk there in the paper now the Warriors are putting it back on the Dragons so you'd have to think that someone's going to have to cover these wages for this for this year apparently the wires were actually going to loan him out so maybe they didn't know as much as they the Dragons are saying that they did know but a bit of a tussle there you'd think the Players Association would get involved here right Robbo
1: uh, without a doubt. I mean, the ROP, I'll get over anything. But, yeah, that's one where play welfare, uh, not just from you know him as a future NRL player, but in terms of financial stability, hopefully we can get a nice resolution done there because supposedly the contract was verbally agreed but not signed. It seems strange. weird because he was already training with them and you just think the risk of, you know, around insurance, which, you know, the worst case has happened here in terms of a severe injury or severe diagnosis, that, yeah, just seems a bit of lack of due diligence on some party here. And, uh, of course, as well, uh, Toa Sibley's got a pick injury out for three months. So, combine him with Matt Lodge, his ACL, and uh, might need some middle minutes after old mate Sean Keppy heads to the bunnies.
0: For sure. Before we move on, mate, Tyrone Monroe and that moon boot, comparing him to yourself. What is this grade four carry on, mate? So, you'll be back next week.
1: potentially no i just remember my physio and i must stress not a physio have no qualifications in any medical field whatsoever <laughs> but i just recall the physio saying that you can have a moon boot on because you have a sore foot or you can have a moon boot on because you've got a severe calf injury you have blasted your ankle out or uh you've redesigned your entire foot so yeah wait and see on that
0: one nice let's move on plenty of headlines to go through here boys the first one titans coach Des Hasler is rumoured to be shifting AJ Brimson to centre as Jaden Campbell and Keno Keeney battle out for the fullback spot. Now, B and Jace, we've all seen this article. Now, there is some great editing in this one because essentially Des Hasler doesn't have any comments in this article at all. But Jace, you know a little bit about this journalist, and you say he's, he's got some good sources there at the Titans, so maybe he's he's on the money here, man.
1: Yeah, Travis Main. I'm pretty sure he was the. First person to comment with Tannerboy being the seven last year might have been it might have been, uh, might have been uh, his fellow stablemate uh, from from News Corp there old Peter but yeah I would back him in to say that this is probably what's happening Des obviously doesn't comment on it because that's Des he doesn't really comment on those media reports and. Could be good for us. Jaden Campbell averages forty three point sorry, forty four point three from his full back starts. He's priced at thirty three. So I imagine he's going to be quite popular from round one, even with the round two buy, yeah.
0: Yeah, B, you know, you were all over Jaden Campbell. You're one of the first people to actually bring him up. He was pretty much one of the first in your team, right?
2: Yeah, I pretty much him and Pappenhausen at the start um, because those positions are so volatile where you can get a 20 or a 50 and if you can get guys who have the potential of averaging a 50 getting them in the mid 400s, it's a no-brainer. Um, I think it's a good move as well because I think AJ Broomson he's so versatile mm. and um, I read somewhere that they could potentially look at moving him to maybe like a 14 for State of Origin when Ben Hunt retires.
0: Yeah, think it's a, I think a shout. fantastic shout. Yeah, absolutely. B, would you have an interest... In running Campbell, Puppen, Puppenhausen and Ponger.
2: Not for me. I think there's, um, if, if you're going to do it with a third gun-wing fullback and you want to spend up for Ponga, he's the one you get um, over everyone else. I just think there's a bit better money to spend in the positions that you know are going to get the big scores, like your mids and your halves.
0: Yeah, nice. Now, moving on, some signing news. Not really fantasy relevant here, but Waka Blake, he's moved over the St. Helens, if you're a fan of him. Jordan Grant moved from the Storm to the Panthers, and the Tigers have signed Queensland Cup player Solomon uh, Tape. Is that pronounced correctly there, Jace? Looks close enough to me. Yeah, nice. He's got a Queensland Cup average of forty, so keep an eye on him. They are out of spots in the top thirty. They did do a, obviously. We're going to talk about in a sec the blow deal, but we'll get come back to that one at this stage. He'll be starting the season in New South Wales Cup. Now to the Broncos because they were well into the interviews to this week. Uh, Walters, both Billy and Kevy, both did. Uh, interviews with the telly and then are all.com. but let's start with the big news and that's Selwyn Cobbo getting first crack at left centre. Brenton we're both running a possible narrative here on Jesse Arthurs which kind of breaks our heart a little bit but your thoughts on Cobbo moving out to the left centre?
2: I think it's a good move I think he's a bit more destructive out there and probably gets his hand on a little bit earlier ball. Um, and then takes the focus off the left winger um, a little bit more as well. Um, I don't think the Arthur's narrative is dead yet. Um, as a dual position guy who's 344K, they're saying he's, he's aiming to come back for the trials, which is like three weeks before the, the main season starts. Yep. So I still think he's a good shot to get that, that wing spot. Um, we would have preferred him in the centres, but still if you're going to get a guy who can get a 25 to 30 average, um, with a dual position, um, so he can spend up in other positions, so I still think he's a good shout.
0: Yeah, but with you know Herbie moving on now, on that left wing, he didn't really see much. I think he had a, a 0.5 of a try compared to Cobo on the other side at, at one try per game pretty much. But I know he's not selling Cobo, and he had a lot of individual tries as well. But still, I do think that he will see a little bit more ball on that right side. Stags does have a much higher average in terms of try assists than Herbie did.
2: Yeah, well, Herbie was allergic to passing the ball, kind of like a eight can back in the day. Um, so your left winger wasn't getting as much. So um, I think they can create a little bit more on the right there with Katoni um, and Adam Reynolds being a bit more creative than Ezra Mair. So I still think he's going to be a good shout, but just obviously track um, Jesse Arthurs in the preseason. And Kobo's going to be a good buy for draft as well because he'll get that dual position.
0: Yeah, Robbo, just moving in, your thoughts on Jesse Arthurs because he's got that dual. You know, Brenton's given a fair rap there. You know, he's on a potent back line of the top 18 plus the price. Your thoughts on Jesse Arthurs?
1: The thing I like about Broncos players is we get them for the first 12 rounds before you have to look at origin considerations. I don't think Jesse Arthur is going to be any origin. I think he might nominate for New Zealand. I think he was born in New Zealand, grew up on the Gold Coast, and then has been between South, the Storm, Titans, and then made his way across uh, to the Broncos. So there is certainly a risk associated with it. But as we've sort of spoken about in the preseason already, there's probably not going to be many slam dunk centers that are going to be base price. Kyrie Irrel we're probably not going to get round one. Ethan Strange will probably get you know a little bit of talk around Ben we'll Wait and see on that one. We're probably going to have to take a punt on someone in that range. And at least if it's Jesse Arthur's at three forty four, I believe his price is. There's no downside. So if he does you know lay an egg, you can at least sell him and you haven't wasted too much of your cap in round one.
0: Yeah, Ted Roke has done a really good job. One of the journalists up there in Brisbane. So he goes to the training. The team that he nominated had Oates and Cobell on the left, Stags and Arthur's on the right. Fletcher Baker's not training the team as Rob mentioned before. He is injured. Brendan Pierre are running in the second row with uh, Jordan Ricky, and then uh, not really. Yeah, the bench makeup is pretty much Hetherington, Smoothie, and Jensen who were there last year. Probably the biggest one here is just what. Kevi Walters actually had to say about Fletcher Baker. He said, Fletcher Baker looks like a really good signing. He's a good, mature kid who works really hard and fitting in nicely. So he's obviously well in the, in the mind there of, of Kevin Walters. Jace, if he's on the team ship there come round one, you'd have to give him some consideration.
1: For sure. And I really like anyone that's playing in Vegas because we get to lock them in a week early. We don't know what's going to happen between that first week of Vegas games and what happens with the rest of round one. You know, people, I mean, I know COVID's probably not much of a concern these days, but someone could come down with a stomach bug. Someone could do an injury uh, in training, They're, you know, accidental concussion or something like that, and ruin all your plans. So the more plays you have locked in in round one from those first two games or those first four teams, the more security you have that you're not going to have to make some last-minute changes and compromise on some trade-outs if you know bad luck happens between those first two games and the remaining six.
0: Yeah, uh, B, give me your power rankings because there's four guys I feel that are in that same category. You've got Fletcher Baker, you've got Liam Knight, you've got Spencer Linu, and I think Keenan Paliasia. They're all very, very much similar, potentially in roles. Can you rank them one to four in your mind right now? I know it's only mid-January, man.
2: Yeah, so in my mind right now, Liam Knight, number one. Uh, Because I think there's a clear-cut path that he can be one of those starting front rowers. Uh, Second would probably, at the moment, be Spencer Linu. Mm. uh, Mainly because we've seen what he can do off the bench for Penrith. If he gets that extra 10-15 minutes through a Roosters pack and he comes out saying he wants to be a starter, then there's potential value there. Uh, Then, who else we say? Fletcher, Fletcher Baker and... Who's the other one,
0: Sorry. Fletcher Baker and Keenan Pallisier.
2: Uh Then I'd go Fletcher Baker, um, presuming that he is fit and firing for round one because he's got that great PPM. Palliser I'm not sold on yet because there are so many big forwards in that Titans pack. Um, and a lot of people are forgetting about Jamin Jolliffe coming back. Yep. Uh, he obviously had a lot of the year off last year, um, and people are just thinking that Palacir is going to walk into a front-row spot with Mo Fodawaka and Tino is going to be 13. I think Des could throw a curveball. He might like Aaron Clark at 13. So, therefore, Tino and Mo start, and Palacir is playing a bench role. You know, so there's uh, there's so much more unknown for the Titans. Um, he's also a little bit more expensive than most of them. So, yeah, I'd go Knight, Linu,
0: Baker, Palacea. Nice. Now, Xavier Wilson's another one to put on your radar. He's been training with plenty of... He's been getting plenty of first-team reps there as well. They're saying he's a jewel, 263k mid-edge, so just put him on the watch list there for the trials. Now, moving on, a funny one here, Jace. You're going to lose your love interest, mate. Tommy Talao is dating Jess Sergis. Now, she is obviously one of the best centres in the WNRL, if not the best centre in the WNRL. Tommy Talao, his dad was a very good player. Now, where does that leave him?
1: Well, he probably won't be the uh, the man of the house, so to speak. He was really good in the juniors, but unfortunately that doesn't always translate for for professional athletes. Been really good, you know, age 16, 17. I think he carved up at six against some players that are now elite NRL players. So, who knows, maybe Seaball can work some magic on him. But, yeah, I think we're scraping the barrel from a fantasy perspective.
0: Imagine in the trials, Jase, he's just scoring hat-tricks. If he scored a hat-trick in the trial, would you put him in your team?
1: Oh, I would love to. More more so, probably more just for the memories. You know, Brendan Smith's probably going to be my team for the fourth year in a row. Uh, this would probably be the third or fourth time I'd pick Talal. So, yeah, look, if he does it, we can we can work on that. But uh, I think I'm pretty safe in not having to do that.
0: Tommy Talal, 265K. How good was it with everyone thinking that when I put that post up that I actually did think he was going to average 50? <laughs> like, read between the lines, guys. Jesus. <laughs> All right, moving on, boys. Let's go to the Finneys because I know Jace had a great podcast. He actually recorded with Sean this morning. So they will be out probably in the next 10 days or so. We want to once after next week, that will come out. Now, first things first, great to see Jace Valmeninga. He's shedded 10 kilos. You know what? I was just on stand because one of my mates said to watch the documentary. Just watched the first episode. It was. I know that I'm a year behind, but it was a great series. I'm now shocked that I didn't actually get to watch it last year. But back on Val, good to see him shed some weight, mate. He's even got some... So a bit of a six-pack, happening.
1: Yeah, good on him. You know, at the end of the day, regardless of whether you're a professional athlete or just you know a member of the general public, to you know, go on a journey and lose weight is always going to be difficult. So credit to him for that. It's interesting tactics for Wayne Bennett. And this is something I believe uh, rugby league guru spoke about. That if any other coach sort of spoke about Val or leaked it, leaked it, what was happening to Val uh, to the media like that, there would have been uproar from the RPA. But Wayne Bennett sort of sings to his own tunes. So. Yep, this is great from Tavare. He's into his probably third year of rugby league proper. He's probably not going to get a spot on, on, on the uh, starting sheet above Jack Bostock, but it you know, mm. remains to be seen if there's a couple of injuries around.
0: Nice. Now, let's move to Jack Averillo. And now on the bloke podcast, Denham was giving him a massive rap. Apparently, Finn Diesel, who, who is Gafusi, came up to him and said that Jake Averillo is training the house down. And we love that. We love when someone's training the house down. Now, just turning to you, Brenton, first, have you had a little look at Jake Averillo?
2: Uh, mate, just as you guys were talking, I've added him in my team. So,
0: <laughs> just Go, tell me team. why. Tell me why.
2: So, uh, funny enough, I've just um, destroyed my Jesse Arthur's narrative. Um, I had a spare 120-odd K, so I was like, oh, Avrilo training the house down. I'm a sucker for a good narrative. Not injured, um, and he's an ex-doggy, so yeah, yeah, put him in.
0: Nice. Jason, do you want to spoil the podcast, or do you want to maybe just give a little bit of a – Preview of I know you're a lover. He's your now love interest.
1: Yeah, I think the rule for me with love interest is they have to be someone on the Dolphins that's either new to the team or new to the starting team just because I'm going to see them play every fortnight. So, you know, it's better than watching some bloke on TV for 25 rounds. So, the thing with Avarillo is you look at the numbers, they're not great. And most people would know my, most of my analysis is around the numbers, looking from the qualitative factors in and around the fact that he'll be playing inside Jermaine Sako, probably the best finisher in the NRL, is going to be some opportunities for him to potentially improve his attack. Yes, if you look at the numbers, averages 27.5 when starting at centre. You've got to remember, he was playing A, for the Bulldogs, and B, in a team that had a very uncertain structure. So even when they weren't winning games, and they have different halves, different fullbacks, he was getting moved around as well. He's going up to the Dolphins just to play right centre, which we can pretty comfortably assume. There's potential scope for some improvement. And, of course, as we said before, you're going to have to take a punt on someone. And J.K. Avril is very fun to watch.
0: Now, he's lost his jewel. He played six times at fullback last year. I, thought, I think that's a little bit rough there, Jace. Considering Tatterboy kept
1: hooker DPP, Brendan Smith kept mid-DPP, I think it is quite harsh. But at the end of the day, you are buying him to play centre anyway, so probably isn't that much of a material difference in 2024.
0: We've got plenty of time for you two to sell me on him, but I probably would have actually jumped on and changed my team like Brenton did just now if he had the wing fullback jewel, I think, B. Is
2: is there a world where they move Hammer back to centre since he's a state of origin centre and they play Avarillo at fullback?
1: I think there's potential for that. My only issue with that probably would be is the... I know there's a difference between left centre and right centre. Herbie's traditionally a left centre at the Broncos and did really, really well there. And then in origin, unfortunately for us, New South Welshmen, Hamaso tore us up at left centre. So I think it would more likely be Herbie at fullback as opposed to Avarillo. But who knows, Wayne has a few tricks up his sleeve that he uh, may activate in round one.
0: Given they've got two trials, I reckon you'll probably see Jake maybe play there in game one. I think Hammer will start there in Game 2 when they've got the full team on, and then I think maybe in the second half, Herbie will play fullback, just so they can kind of just see. But it's a good shout. I think it's probably not a high probability, but it's always an option because Jake can obviously ball play a little bit, and we've seen Hammer's one of the best centres in the world right when he plays there. So, yeah, food for thoughts for sure. Now, boys, let's move on to the Raiders now. That's on a really good... Uh, they've a really good player here in Zach Hosking who moves over from Penrith. He's kind of whoring himself out a little bit. I think that's four clubs in four years, though. But... Zach Hoskins. Now, let's just have a look at what price he's going to start at here. B 584K, a break-even of 42. Great cashier there when he came in there for us last year, running off the chin. What's your thoughts here? Has he kind of parked himself at a place where we've got too many Raiders?
2: Uh, He's parked himself somewhere. We've got too many edges as well, and he doesn't have a a job security there. Um, I think a majority of coaches are going to be running with the likes of a Pia one of your roosters edges who gets the starting gig, Um, maybe even like a Sean Lane or something like that, who are all cheaper than him. So, you know, and again, who trusts Ricky? And we've also got too many raiders in our teams. Like everyone's running Ethan Strange, Chevy Stewart, Ko Weeks, potentially a Jamal Fogarty, maybe Nick Cottridge on your on your bench. Um, so yeah, I think it's just a, a move on. He's a great player, but yeah, not not for me at that price.
0: Nice, Jason. Same thoughts, man.
1: Yeah, I think the price is probably going to be pretty rigid from the start. You know, the Raiders is is a little bit of an issue, but I guess their is in round ten, so we we'll probably get rid of the ones that it does before then. I think my concern, as Brenton pointed out there, was the certainty around what his role is going to be. Like, there's been some discussions that Whitehead may not be an edge this year. I mean, that might be more uh, to watch in the trials, but you've got uh, Horsburgh who won't play the first couple of weeks, so it might set a perfect trap for Hosking, uh, round one owners. Tarpanay is generally a big minute player, and that sort of 50-55, you know he's going to get something like that on average. If Whitehead's playing quite a big role, we know he's coming towards the end of his career. If he's in the middle rotation somewhere, he might come out onto the edge. And, you know, they do run a sort of two-hooker rotation. It sort of leads me to think that Hosking may not get the 80, even if he does start. So, yeah, it's a bit of a gamble at that price, but could pay off for people because we've seen that he has a massive ceiling.
0: For sure. Now, boys, let's move on. Probably the biggest story that broke last week was around 6pm on Friday when Justin Olin was traded to the Tigers and Sean Blow was passed on the other way to the Storm. Now, what we'll do, we'll break down both the Tigers, the beneficiaries, and who's going to get hurt out of this. Why don't we start with the Tigers? Because essentially here, Jace, do you think that by them, you know, Sean Blaws obviously had a lot of injuries over the last, you know, three or four years. However, he did come into a lot of form last year, he had pretty much played the entire season last year, and finally did play a full season in first grade. But... It's just kind of, for them to get rid of him, they must be having, for me, some really big issues in the centres, especially because they did think that maybe Josh Felady might get a start, but probably by Bloor going over, sorry, Bloor going over and Olam coming back to them, you'd have to think that they think that Josh Felady isn't ready and maybe Bloor's an excess of what they have, your thoughts?
1: Yeah, so starting with Sean Bloor just as a Tigers prospect, I think this is probably more of a future roster management move. We know he's not going to be there in 2025. Mm. And who's the main group of uh, people that you want to keep happy that aren't plays, that are related to your club? And that's the player managers. And I reckon the player manager for Sean Bloor, who the name escapes me at the moment, probably would have been in the Tigers door every single day saying, hey, let him go to Melbourne, let him go to Melbourne, I'll give you a favour later on. I reckon there was a lot of that at play and the Tigers went, well, it's probably in our best interest for a guy who's not going to be here in the future. We'll shift him on and we'll get a centre. Of course, Felity, there is that issue, but then Adam Dewey can also play in the centres, and as we know, uh, he's currently re- rehabbing, but yeah, it does speak to the fact that they're probably lacking some depth in those outside backs.
0: Yeah, B, let's break this down fantasy-wise and who might kind of prosper from this. Centre-wise, I know there's probably, and then Midway as well, because last year they ran, they had Pole at lock, and then they had the two experienced guys, Papalihi, and then also Bateman on the edges. There has been rumours that Papalihi has switched back to the right and Bateman's training in the middle, which obviously opens up the left edge spot, if that's the rumours were true. But your thoughts on kind of who's leading the way?
2: Uh, well, for fantasy, we would hope that that Esu Kapoa would be getting the role uh, because we are stuck for this year. It's the first one in a, a long time where there hasn't been either a half or a back rower who we've been able to buy in the center spot. Yeah, It's purely been centers and it's just been carnage to try and either pick, like Robbo mentioned it straight off the bat, is that there's no clear-cut gun center who you know is going to get you the score that you want every week. So, uh, Kapoa again round one buy so it makes the Tigers a bit harder to buy uh, but we would hope that he could be a beneficiary Um, the other is just a Matamua um, yep. I would love to see him in the 13 role and Bateman and Papali just play purely on an edge either that or um, Matamua playing 50-60 minutes and then uh, Bateman doing that 20-30 to 30 in the middle um, I don't rate Pole at lock as much as a lot of other people do I feel like he's a little bit small for it mm. Um. That's just my my play on it, but um, it would also if Mattimore got that role, he'd also get us a dual position. As would Kapoa, um, come round seven.
0: Yeah, for sure. Benji, do us a favor. All right, looking at the Storm now, so they get Blore in return. Jace, I know you've been a big fan. You had him in your team from memory last year. Now Blore comes in at five hundred and eighteen k, break even of thirty seven. You know they've always they've they've talked about Leera moving back in that mid rotation, which means that he is. Probably a high probability of playing outside Cameron Munster on the left edge. Thirty-seven seems pretty, a pretty good price. I feel and like at the start because Tigers have a round one buy, he's not in our thoughts. But he's now in my thoughts, man.
1: Yeah, he's been penciled
0: in my team since the rumours sparked up about a week ago. Yeah, I had him
1: twice last year. I had him at the start. He got that HIA when he was almost going at a point per minute in that first fifteen minutes. Held on to him up to about round seven, round eight. He actually made a fair bit of cash. He had some really good games where he got some offloads and a few sneaky tackle busts out. But when we look at him as an edge, he's played nine games there where he's, you know, played essentially most of the game, if not all the game, averaged forty-six in seventy-seven minutes in those. He's only had two line breaks in terms of attacking stats in those, so there's no like sort of upcycle from him scoring a lot of tries or you know, lots of line breaks or a large amount of offloads. His offload game certainly came uh, to the four in 2023 cross all his appearances he averaged about two these other six games that he played at edge were in 2021 of course a little bit of pvl ball uh, potentially in it but he had no offloads there so i think at absolute minimum he's going to be a low 40s if he gets the starting edge and he plays 80 in terms of how highly i rate him i would not be surprised if he ends up being a low mid 50s player so as a gamble i don't mind it you just need to be mindful though if you take papa nows and you take blore and don't think there'll be another storm play we'll take. That's two plays that you've got on the buy in round four, which isn't deadly, but when your team value is probably only gonna be twelve million at that point in time. It's just something to be considerate of.
0: Yeah, B, your thoughts on Sean Bloor?
2: Yeah, I, I really like the, the the move. Like you saw what happened with Eli Katoa. Um Craig Bellamy got the best out of him, and it was just he was like a world beater almost. Just um so I think Bloor can be that guy. Um again, I think there's probably a little bit more value in the edges. Um, With less risk Um, But he's definitely one for a draft play Um, The other Storm player You were saying that Pappenhausen And um, maybe you'd run with him You could also run with Harry Grant as well So there'd be three really gun players From the same team uh, Which I'd be kind of moving away from uh, so it'd be one to definitely watch and really good one for draft boards as well.
0: Yeah, for sure. But unfortunately, it does probably end the hopes of Howarth and also Chan there, boys, because you'd have to think they'd need some major injuries for them now to probably crack not only the starting lineup but the 17. Now, keep moving on. A bit of a funny one here, Jace. TPJ's been spotted at Brisbane training. Now, if you were a betting man, I know you're not a betting man, but if you were, who would you do you think he's going to pop up sometime this year?
1: I wouldn't surprise me if he somehow ended up the Dolphins because you know how Wayne loves to bring back in someone and uh, rehabilitate their football career, just yeah, around that, not in terms of necessary their life. And, you know, TPJ has copped a fair bit of criticism and sort of similar in a way to Nick Kyrios, where everyone goes, oh, he's a waste of talent. TPJ has played Origin, I believe he's played internationally. And he's played a fair few first grade games, which for, you think of all these elite talents that we see coming through that play not many NRL games. He's still done pretty well for himself.
0: Absolutely, I think it's a worse world, don't you think? B, without him in our fantasy teams, like him offloading, <laughs> missing five tackles, miss you know breaking through the line by himself, scoring a try, then missing another five tackles. What are we going to do with ourselves?
2: Yeah, three substitutions per game. Um, <laughs> that, was, that was so much. It was the the biggest roller coaster in fantasy. I think he was so. Um, Yeah, like Robo says, I actually wouldn't be surprised if he rocks up at the Dolphins just because he's a Broncos training because he's probably living up this way, I presume. So not reading into it too much, but, you know... If he doesn't make a fledging boxing career, I'm sure everyone loves a, a comeback story. And I think I think Wayne Bennett would be the man to do that for him.
0: Now, boys, Jadon Braley, he was on the radio as well. He was ringing in from their Tamworth trading camp where they're getting stuck in. he did nominate Tom Jenkins, David Armstrong, and Fijian winger Latea Mossi-Dreke as the contenders for the role. So kind of living Mapa Palangi out of the reckoning at this stage, which is kind of interesting because the coach had been talking about him. But, Jace, do you know a little bit about Dave Armstrong here, mate? Just
1: talking to some some of my mates who are good Knights fans, uh, they were very high on him in terms of his performances in, I believe he played a fair bit of New South Wales Cup last year, quite pacey, which obviously is a winger is something you want to try and replicate with Dom Young. I mean, that photo we saw of Moika though, know, uh, during the week, he was probably a good, what, you reckon, at least four foot off the ground he's when he was big. taking that catch. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, not to stereotype jeans, but they usually have beautiful hands in terms of being able to pass the ball, catch a ball, uh, especially in the air. So it'd be fun to see Moika Drekki get the run. But surely they've got to go with Tom Jenkins. I know he hasn't played heaps of first grade, but he's beaten that set up. And I think he would be a, a solid six, seven out of ten every week, right?
0: Yeah. But have you had a look at Tom Jenkins? Because he comes in highly touted. He averaged 39 at, obviously, Penrith last year. Knights are a good team, too. Gets a bit of a discount here, break-even of 31. But a little bit of value on that, right, Edge?
2: Uh, yeah, still not one for me, for wingers, for a team who we don't really know how they'll play. Like, if they don't have Ponga carrying them, how good are they, really? So, um, I'm actually surprised that Jaden Braley didn't nominate um, Arani Tuala in in that list as well. Like, I feel like he hasn't done anything as that bad, but... Um, not to even be named amongst those three. I thought it was a bit rough, but I, th- I think Tom Jenkins gets it. They're bringing him over for Penrith for a reason. I think he signed a three-year deal as well. So if it's a three-year deal, like, you know, one or two-year deals, you're still probably fighting for spots. But if you're on a three-year deal, you're there for a reason. So I I do see Tom Jenkins getting that role.
0: Nice. Now, I found an old interview from Josh Hannay, who's was from October. Two major things that I took out of this. He was talking about Nico's major struggles after Origin one, and the other one was when they brought Braden Trindle in. He said it was to reduce the role on, sorry, reduce the load on Nico, which is kind of very interesting words. Brenton, and I'll get both of your opinions here on Nico Hines because you're not part of, you didn't participate in the Sharks preview. But Brenton, your thoughts there on Nico?
2: Yeah, well, from a fantasy perspective, Nico's still a go, isn't he? Like, he's the clear number – well, I shouldn't even say clear number two. He could technically eclipse Cleary with the draw that the Sharks do have. Um, So I don't think Trindle actually eats into it as much. Everyone, A lot of people get hung up on kick meters throughout the the game. And realistically, as soon as they moved it from 20 meters equals one point to 30 meters equals one point, it kind of negates it a little bit because unless you're kicking for 700 meters – You're all in that kind of average, and then it depends on what else you're doing. Then you also think about Matt Moylan, who had... Was he leading the league in tri assists, or second or something like that? So it's like he was taking attacking stats away from Nico as well. So theoretically, if Trindle's not doing all of those things, then there is actually upside for Nico.
0: There you go. This is why he's the eighth best player in the universe. He's the best. Yeah. I can't even talk today. That's how... Just roused I was by that, Jace. Moving, <laughs> moving to you, mate, because I know you are not as high on starting with both Cleary and Hines. But your thoughts on Nico?
1: So I am going to go nowhere near Nico unless Cleary gets injured. Now the reason for that is just the weak lay with the buy, and I think this year both Haas and Cleary are potential holds for the entire season with those two buys in major Origin rounds, meaning that it's not going to be too much of a hassle to hold on to them. Whereas Hines could make Origin, new coach, you know, for the Blues could potentially see him there. I do, as someone who's not going to own Hines in that sort of first 10, 11 rounds, am concerned that he will out-average clearing because of those factors. I tend not to factor in the the draw, the teams, too much into my analysis because we often see in those first two, three rounds that we have some random upsets. Like, I'm not a betting person, but if you ever want to do a little experiment, bet on the team that has the the line. So say uh, say round one, uh, Manly probably have the line against the Bunnies you bet on the teams that have the positive line over the first four four weeks and you'll end up making money. That usually ends up happening. And I think that'll flow into fantasy as well with some of these. are uh, will be some random games. And, yeah, I you know, I have no issue with people trying to fit both in. For me, it's just 20% of your cap on two players without your position. Uh, but, again, I'm not going to talk now to Nico because we've seen that he, he can do it all.
0: Okay boys Moving on to the Cowboys A couple of things out of there Cohen Hess was the first He had a pretty long Conversation with NRL.com First thing That stood out Was they've got a new Defensive coach there boys Changed their defensive structures Now Brenton We're pretty keen On Reese Robson here Who did have a few Defensive issues Especially the back end Of last year Ruben Cotter as well He was a little bit off Are you still high On those two guys man?
2: Uh, still high on Ruben Cotter. Uh, Rhys Robson, is an interesting one for me, mainly because I, I never owned him last year, and I saw so many people get burned from him. And my thought process is, do we just go the clear-cut number one Harry Grant for the sake of an extra 120K? Mm. Um, uh, but, yeah, for it, it's a hard one for me. I still think they're both goers, and I still think they've both got money to make. Uh, but... Both not being end of season keepers.
0: Robo. both of those two guys on your on your thoughts, man, at the moment? Yeah, Ruben Cotter,
2: I just don't
1: think I'm gonna be able to fit in. It's probably gonna be Payne Haas and then a bunch of cheaper mids, you know, those sort of knights, bakers, to tollers sort of players, and yep. I think Cottage Jason, gig- Temp-
0: G- Jason Temp, Jason Temu Lolo.
1: I mean, he has my same first name and, and same year of birth, but I think that'll be only commonalities we'll have when it comes to fantasy this year. <laughs> Reese Robson, I've never actually owned, funnily enough, speaking of names, I've never actually owned him in any form of fantasy. I don't even think draft. Uh, I've got him penciled in. I'm going to take him. For me, it just looks like I can play him for the first 12 rounds, see how he goes. He started quite well last year, had a lower production in terms of try scoring compared to 2022, which, I mean, probably comes with the fact that Cowboys finished third on the ladder in 2022 and then didn't even make the eight last year, so... Yeah. And for me, he's a player that I think, at worst, he'll perform at his price, whereas I do fear that Cotter could actually go backwards.
0: Nice. Now, moving on to semi-valley, May. Unfortunately, he got robbed. Hopefully, he's okay. He did talk about maybe he, maybe. he was training at right centre. The reason why is Viliami Valea here, Jace. He's stuck in New Zealand with visa problems. We had a little bit of a look into this one, and it appears that he is actually from Tonga, and that's the reason why he hasn't got his visa.
1: Yeah, so I don't know whether he's got dual citizenship with New Zealand because I think Elias Kartal, he was born in Tonga, but I believe he picked up New Zealand citizenship, so doesn't have those visa issues. So, yeah, hopefully Viliami can uh, get, get that, that sorted out. But it sort of indicates to us, based off that, if we want to take it at you know complete face value, that Viley is probably going to be the starting right centre.
0: Yeah, looks like it. And well, that means what we might, depending on what they do with Kyle Felt, we could potentially get a good young winger there as well. So one for the trials to definitely have a look there. Now, B, let's move on and let's finish things off with Shane Flanagan because he had plenty to say. Unfortunately, he did have the, probably one of the worst weeks. I don't I don't think you can get worse than that. His father unfortunately passed away, so condolences to, to Shane. And then two of his signings for this year, well, one of them got shipped out and the other one got an ACL. So... Not a great week for, for Shane Flanagan here, but he, he was good enough to still speak to a couple of media organizations, and there's no doubt that the man that's on his mind here be is Zach Lomax, and it has a lot to do with Shane making him better technically. and he spoke a little bit about training in both fullback and center, but your thoughts on maybe Zach Lomax being a breakout star?
2: Uh, well he's always been a star for that position hasn't he so um but in terms of regular football um he was always kind of like on the cusp of origin but never quite made it um dragons do have a good history of developing good centers so um for fantasy if you're going to start with someone i think he would probably be the gun for me him or valentine holmes to start with um he said something about he was training at fullback but it was to make him better at center Mm. from what i understand as well so it, it kind of Dispels that rumor that they're going to run Zach Lowe makes it fullback, and I think they'll stick with Tyrell Sloan at the back there. Uh, so, yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be great for him. He's he's contracted there for a long time, I think until 2026, uh, and he's a player that I like watching. He's got the other Gazz- uh, not gaznia the Gazznia, the, um, the Gidley flick as well, and he's just he's he's great to watch in that position. So, um, yeah, I hope he goes really really well this year.
0: Jay, so something that's always standing out in these interviews with Flano is him talking about Kyle running the team and letting Ben Hunt run a lot more. Now, I don't think that it totally eliminates and makes it like a, maybe a Fogarty situation where Kyle's doing all the kicking and taking over gulking, all that sort of stuff. But I do think that there might be a tiny bit of value here, and maybe Kyle, and it's a very interesting watch here for the Trolls.
1: It certainly is. I remember in one of the earlier Mercado articles I did for this season, and I think it was the only one I've done as an audible, where I pointed out the fact that Kyle Flanagan's average didn't actually get adjusted for his pricing Mm -hmm. because he had about nine games off the bench where he didn't play many minutes for the Bulldogs and didn't go at PPM, so it dragged his average quite down. So he's at a 25. I see if he plays 80 minutes in the halves, even if Ben Hunt dominates the kicking and and Kyle doesn't goal kick, I still see a 500k player there. He may not get there in three or four weeks, but he'll have the odd game where he gets a assist or maybe a little line break or something, get his scores going. And, you know, if we're looking at a little bit of depth, because we're probably expecting to have, you know, maybe one, if not two decent players on buys in those first few weeks, you know, we've got the Titans potential, got a Campbell, you know, Round three with the Dolphins, if you jump on the Avirillo Express like me, you'll be uh, needing someone to come into the 17 somewhere. Round four, you're looking at the Storm having multiple players. Uh, Nico with the bye in round five. Mm-hmm. Chin with the bye in round six. And then you get into the Bunnies if you're going down the Cam Murray route. So having someone like Flanagan that may not be in your best 17, but be a very solid, solid 18th man. If he's playing six, uh, he's pretty much going to be locked in for me.
0: I like it. Now, boys, that was the last article for the week. What we'll do is just to keep ourselves accountable and keep a keep a watch of what we're doing. We'll, we'll read out our teams. Let's get our teams up here, boys. While you guys get that out, I'll, I'll read you out. Why don't we read the starting team out first, and then we can go interchange by, in, and then we can go the emergency. So I'll go first. You now, I've got Reese Robson at hooker. My current mids, Curran, Cotter, and tatola. My edges are Lane and Wong. My halves, are Cleary and Hines, who are the captain and vice-captain. And centres are Ethan Strange and Jesse Arthurs with wing fullbacks jo, Jaden Campbell, Ryan Puppenhausen and, and Tyron Munro. Jace, yours? So
1: starting 13, you've got Reese in, in hooker. Your mids, in terms of most three expensive mids, uh, Payne Haas, Josh Curran and Tavita Totola. Edge, we've got Sean Bloor and Brandon Piekura. Uh, Halves got Fogarty and Cleary, who will of course be the captain. I still haven't moved Arthur's out yet, but he'll probably shift. Uh, I'd say during this week, but him and Avarillo in the centres, and then winger fullback, same as you, Campbell, Pappenhausen, and Monroe.
0: Nice beat.
2: All righty. So uh, running Reese Robson at hooker. Right now, got Haas, Cotter, and Totola in the mids. Uh, running Wong and Pia Kura on the edges. I am running a Cleary Hines double as well. Uh, centres, as of this podcast, I am running Ethan Strange and Jake Avarillo. Uh, and then Pappenhausen, Campbell, and either Chevy Stewart or K.O. Weeks.
0: Nice. So let's go to our bench in the first four that appear. I've got Cheese, Pia Cura, Schuster, and Fletcher Baker. Chase?
1: So, yeah, going by price, I've got Cheese, Liam Knight, Josh Schuster, and Baker, because Baker's slightly more expensive than Flano.
0: Nice. Beep.
2: Yeah, uh, running Cheese, Curran, uh, as they've both got the jewels. So I like to run my jewels on the bench. Uh, then i got Kyle Flanagan, uh, and then I, at the moment I've got K.O. Weeks or Chevy Stewart, because I presume that one will be fullback and one will be six.
0: Nice. Okay, going back to our emergencies, I've got Danny Levi, K.O. Weeks, Kotrick, and Apu Poa. Jason?
1: Kyle Flanagan, Sam Hughes, Ethan Strange, and Chevy Stewart. I like
0: it. And B?
2: Yeah, uh, running Sam Hughes, Ben Trebojevic, Nick Kotridge, and as of this podcast, Justin Matamua.
0: Oh, I like it. Food for Thoughts. Yeah, I might join I might put. I like Matt and Mattamua, Matt, Matt so I might join him in. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Around the Traps for the first week back. Just remember, we've got some pods in the bank there, City Roosters and Sharkies that you can check out. This week, we've got the Dogs and Knights. The following week, we're definitely going to be doing the Dolphins and uh, also the Tigers are recorded, and then we'll add one more to that week. But, boys, thanks for joining us, Pete. Thanks for your thoughts, and we'll check you next Sunday, man. All good, mate. Take care. Chase, all the best. And again, we'll see you. Thank you for the thoughts, man. There were some good ones there today.
2: Nice. Thanks
1: for having me. And I'll see you next Sunday.
0: Cool. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. Just remember Talking League Pod on TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can find all our info at talkingleaguepod.com. But we'll check you Wednesday, me and B with the Canterbury Bulldogs. We'll see you then.